Hi, I'm Nina Endurst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. On this episode, Anna and I discuss forgiveness. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, are you ready to dance? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm ready. We have absolutely, former, like past selves of us, we have no chill. It's like literally picked up my phone this morning. I'm like, what are we talking about? And then I'm like, "Uh aha, of course, of course we are. It's funny because certain topics I've had like a pretty like I have a block around. It's funny because I work a lot more in advance than Nina does. And like, we've had to find a compromise of like our working styles of like, you know, we decide our topics like kind of in batches and stuff. And like, not to say Nina's not working on it or whatever, but like, I know I need more time just like for my own insanity to like let stuff come to the surface and things. And it makes me laugh, which ones my brain absolutely will not retain. (laughs) And for today's topic, forgiveness, I had to keep reminding myself (laughs) of being like, we're not going to have forgiveness. Like you need to prepare for forgiveness. And I was like, my brain kept being like, Nope, not interested, which does reflect some of my, uh, you know, personal feelings about it. But I have a definition for us. And once again, when we do some of these, uh oh, I was doing my my tab closing and it's okay. I got one. I got one handy. Oh, I have it. I have it here at Oxford. The action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. I don't know about you. That feels a bit inadequate. So Wikipedia has our forgiveness in a psychological sense is the intentional and voluntary process by which one may initially feel victimized, undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding a given offense and overcomes negative emotions such as resentment and vengeance, however just it might be in parentheses. Theorists differ, however, in the extent to which they believe forgiveness also implies replacing the negative emotions with positive attitudes, i.e. an increased ability to wish the offender well. In certain legal contexts, forgiveness is a term for absolving or giving up all claims on an account of debt, loan, obligation, or other claims. There's obviously more. But one thing I wanted to add, like, because, you know, good old Wikipedia, there's always a full ass page on whatever you want to know. But something it said that I think is really important and my brain hugely struggles to truly understand is on the psychological level, forgiveness is different from simple condoning, Mm. Mm. excusing or pardoning or forgetting, which I think is really important. And here's some of the stuff in the parentheses of that statement. But on the psychological level, forgiveness is different from simple condoning, viewing an action as harmful, harmful yet to be forgiven or overlooked for certain reasons of charity, excusing or pardoning, pardoning, merely releasing the offender from responsibility for an action or forgetting, attempting to somehow remove from one's conscious mind the memory of a given offense. That's where I struggle. Forgiveness often feels like condoning, pardoning, excusing, or absolution. And I don't always like it. Well, allow me to read something from John Hopkins. Dot org. The John Hopkins, you know like, him, right? Yeah, the one of the college. I believe the Johns Hopkins Medicine. It's a hospital, of course. Mm. Have you never heard of them? No, I've I've heard of them. Oh, I've heard I was of the, like the, this isn't a hospital, right? and I think yeah. it's a college as well. I think yeah. it is too. So okay, so I was just being stupid though, as if you had contacted. <laughs> no, the I literal did. I John talked Hopkins. to John. No, we <laughs> absolutely spoke, and he. This is a note from him. So, okay, amazing. Okay. No, you were right. The good news: studies have found that the act of for- forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol le- levels, and sleep reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. And research points to an increase in the forgiveness health connection as you age. There is an Mm. enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. 
says Dr. <laughs> Karen Schwartz. Ain't that the truth? But one yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Chronic anger. See, this is the well, this is the difference between Anna and I. She researches stuff and my body just goes through this thing where they're like, it's like, I know that forgiveness is coming up subconsciously. So I'm going to throw you into all of these situations where you get <laughs> yes. to research in in real time through your own body and emotions. And then you can come to the table with lots of things to talk about. So this is where I've been lately. Chronic anger puts you in fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Do I have chronic anger? I think it's possible I have chronic anger. I 1,000% am afflicted. I am afflicted as fuck. <laughs> I am struggling every day with chronic anger. It's not going yeah. away. And there's no cure. Yeah, like zero days without chronic anger. <laughs> Day zero of without. Today's been better. Today's been, so, but like there's time. It's only 3.53. But like I have been so angry the past week that I've really had to check myself because I, I mean, I've been like furious and I was talking to Way about this because he was like, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I could just like, like break shit. You know, those places. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagine this going down because I think he was probably like, yeah, no, I no, don't. I don't know. I mean, there yeah. are times where he obviously is a human, like he will have moments. And then, of course, I'm like, yeah. why are you so angry? And he's like, what? Like, so but I am and always have been a very angry person <laughs> and <laughs> I have gotten shit about it all my life. And I've really held a lot of shame about it because I don't want to walk around angry and I don't want to be perceived yeah, as angry yeah. or negative. But something that's really interesting that happened to me a couple nights ago is I had a dream about my ex-boyfriend who committed suicide and I felt him the next morning. Like I was like, he's hanging out today. So like, that's cool. So I was, and I was like really weepy on the way to class and it was just so bizarre. But something that happened between him and I, we had a really toxic relationship. It was like when my anger had a, a real opportunity to thrive back in the day. And the craziest thing happened because I thought for a while after we broke up, like I was convinced he was going to like kill me, which to be fair, I don't think he would have ever done anything like that. But I was so scared of him when we first broke up and I was just had so much resentment, but also a lot of fear. And I had been out of New York and I hadn't seen or talked to him in probably like a year, maybe two or more at that point. And I walked into a bar with my friends at like three o'clock in the morning in Union Square and he was at the bar. Mm. And I was like, this is, this is not really happening. Like I saw it. So he's the first, it was like a fucking movie, Anna. He's the first person I saw. New York will do you dirty like so that dirty. sometimes, but here's the, you know? But here's the thing. We sat and talked at that bar for hours. And mm. my guy friends were like, we got to tell John, the like guy I was, the fuck boy I was dating at the time. Oh, God. I was like, oh, really? He's not going to give a shit. <laughs> like, he's, gonna, yeah. like, he, he's probably getting ready to break up with me, which by the way, he was. But anyway. Yeah, <laughs> go tell him. See how much he cares. Oh, he's going to be like, he was like, He was like, that's cool. Like, I don't, whatever. But I, we talked and talked and talked and really I felt such a shift. And that was the only time in my life I have felt like true full body forgiveness on like that kind of level. And then yeah. the next time I looked him up, he was dead. I mean, isn't it nice when it works out that way in the sense of like, I mean, death, uh, well, Losing, I, I, I was thinking about forgiveness a lot in terms of like people's quest for closure. And we just had Father's Day and people are often very kind to me since my dad is dead. You know, Nina's very kind to me and is always makes a point to be like, if you want to talk about your dad, you're more than welcome to on this day. But I think maybe preparing for this episode, I was thinking a lot about closure and how closure and forgiveness feel intertwined, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't think other people can give us closure, you know, like I think in some ways it's 
it's like, I'm lucky that I've been able to find a lot of forgiveness with my, my own dad because the story stops. So it, it didn't get added to, you know, that if I was still holding a lot of the anger, like, that's just so long to keep giving that energy. But like you, it, we don't always, it, it, when someone's alive or in front of us, or we feel like we have the illusion, we can like work it out with them or whatever. It's so hard to give that to yourself. And I think it happens so rarely when you really can sit down with someone and have a conversation or have some kind of interaction or whatever, where you feel that sense of like, oh, like I'm not carrying that anymore. Like whatever it was I was carrying, anger, hurt, disappointment, whatever, I'm not, you know, like, I, and I think most of the time we have to, we do have to give it to ourselves, but like, it is such a beautiful thing when you get to be present enough to realize, like, I was able to show up and have this conversation with this person. Like, a lot of people would have just spun right around and walked out of the bar, you know, and been like, whatever, he can blow up my phone later or whatever, you know. But to be able to, like, show up and be like, this is a moment. I trust myself enough to navigate it. I'm going to sit down with this person, have this difficult conversation, whatever that may be. You know, it doesn't mean you necessarily got into everything oh, about your relationship oh, or whatever. <laughs> But you know, sometimes you don't. I like know. sometimes it's like that's you why have it was like very... a spiritual experience. It's like yeah. it was so rare and so bizarre. I feel like it's rare sometimes to also like one. I think it's rare to have those moments, and I think a lot of us go in search of them, you know, or think it's the norm. And so I would say I think it's rare because both parties have to be open and there, you know, which is just like really one in a million well yeah and i and i think it takes time but like i think it can also be rare when we catch the moment of like oh i feel that that's left i feel a sense of i'm not carrying mm -hmm. that anymore because i don't know about you but when people to tell me to forgive people i want to punch them in the face oh fully Being i don't hold to forgive no thank you Oh, and right before my dad came for the weekend and as you know, and right before he came, like this thing happens to me almost every time where days before all my anxiety is like really high and I won't fully name it, but I will. And, you know, my dad's changed a lot over the years and I, a lot of times don't like give him credit because I'm just still really angry. And he, Milo loves him. Like we are going to pick him up. And Milo's like, Jeepa's my best friend. And I'm Aww. like, first of all, I'm your best friend. <laughs> but, but they really, really have such a close connection. And I know my dad loves me and I know my dad cares. And I, he tries to be really present. He says some things sometimes that I'm like, do you want to put that back in your mouth or what? Like today we were driving and he goes, he's asking me, he was trying, we were, I was telling him I might want to have another baby, blah, blah. And I was like, he was referring to Crohn's, but what he said was like, are you physically, what did he say? He was like something like, are you physically able or like, so I'm like, what? Like, am I functioning enough to have like, dad, what are you trying to say? But I think that I've made yeah. people really nervous sometimes and I don't mean to, and I don't want to like apologize for being myself, but I do think that I can be really cold when I'm hurt. And instead of getting more hurt, I just turn off my emotions seemingly and it's cold. And I know that it's cold and I don't have a doorway and I'm not, I like, I'm not welcoming. I'm not like, and I don't want to be that way. And I also don't want to carry the stress in my body. Like I, I dropped him off and I always end up feeling bad. And I always am like, I should have been more like open or I should be over this by now. It's like, what are you going to do? You can't change the past. I'm working on it, but it's really difficult to let stuff fully go. Yeah, it is. How did you forgive your dad? Well, I mean, like I said, it was really convenient of him to die, you know, <laughs> because I mean, the story ends, you know what I mean? I don't have any more hurt after 16, 
you know? So I only have 16 years of shit I have to sift through. That's, that's not as hard, you know, because most of us have big stuff. We have, you know, big T, little T, which I think they've gotten rid of in regards to trauma. But for the sake of this conversation, let's, let's say that we have big traumas and little traumas, you know, with our parents and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't have a lifetime of it. You know what I mean? So I do think that that makes it easier in the sense of my dad didn't keep repeating things that kept hitting those same wounds. Like my wounds only have so many layers. And I think it more became that I just did have to accept that also, like, I think sometimes like what can be good and I do think we have to trust like it's like anything where you can know you need to do it you can know you need to go for a physical every year but like you have to get there in your own time you know I think I really felt the sense of I could carry this stuff in regards to my dad about his like alcoholism, the fact that like he never really dealt with a lot of his mental health kind of stuff. He was a hugely not present parent or slash person, to be honest, you know, lots of stuff. Or I can take the lesson that he also taught me that a lot of people worthy and lovable are incredibly flawed and complicated. You know, which one actually serves me? Which one feels better in my body? You know, like carrying the hate with someone who literally could just be like eating pie all day in heaven for all I know. Like he's having the best of the time, like going to the ghost beach. And I'm the one here on earth poisoning my life with anger. You know, like I think about that sometimes, too, in terms of, you know, we we talked about this a bit in, in resentment, but like. I think the same thing of withholding forgiveness is, is, a, is similar to resentment in terms of it being this thing that poisons you, you know? So I think I started to see in my twenties, I also think grief in some ways made it tr tricky because I think a lot of my anger was dismissed because the attitude was like, well, he died. So he like paid the final, like he paid the ultimate price. So like, why even be mad at him? And I was like, um, excuse me, I do not see how the two are related, you know, like, and I think I did realize that, that like more and more time was going to go by. It was almost going to get, I mean, like, I'm not saying that this is a healthy or like cool take to have on this, but I also thought like it was going to get like more and more like embarrassing for me to still be like, my dad was an alcoholic, you know, like, and I hadn't processed or dealt with it. And I realized a huge barrier to that was forgiving. I had to forgive. I had to be like, yeah, that sucked. And, and that is kind of like facing the biggest fear we all have and that we all have to sort of bank on people and hope that they don't hurt us. Like that is the scariest thing about life. You know, like both my parents, I've had, I've had some stuff I've had to revisit with my mom recently, especially in regards to my father's alcoholism with me being kind of like, why did you stay? It got pretty bad at points, you know? Yeah. And it was confusing because, you know, my dad made pretty good money. So it like wasn't like what you would see in the movies, you know, like I wasn't wanting for any resources. I went to school. My mom was was very good at like being a mom in regards to like everything washed, did dinner on the table, you know, like I had the semblance of normalcy, but then we kind of couldn't be left alone with my dad without him getting drunk, you know? And like he would sort of use any time my mom, you know, like had an obligation or just went out to dinner or anything to get drunk and had various times. I mean, just some, some other stuff. And I don't, I think when I am withholding forgiveness that would serve me, I become very moralistic and judgmental as well. And that also made it very difficult to have conversations with my mom. I think that would have benefited me. And it's only been more recently after I validated a lot of my own experience of like, we didn't have to be unhoused and like resource scarce in order for this to be valid or, par or, or affected you, you know, like 
I remember until we moved to England, like feeling kind of scared all the time and tense all the time. Like I can't deny the effect that had on me. And I can't deny the fact that like my mom, I think was doing everything within her power to like keep the wheels on that it made her not not available. And my dad, because he was an addict, was not available. So that really fucked me up. Like that kind of like emotional neglect. And I had to do a lot in therapy in terms of learning, I think, to validate it and not need my mom to also validate it or back it up. That now we're having conversations that are very different. And she's even asking me different things. She's like, would it have been better for you if I had divorced him? And I'm like, I don't, I mean, probably not. I mean, I think I would have had different problems, you know? Oh my God, if they had gotten divorced, that would have been the worst for me in the sense of I would have felt guilty. Like, I feel guilty even with my mom. I feel guilty even with my dad. You know, like it would have been a whole different source of problems, you know? But I think for me, what I wanted for my mom in order to forgive her was the acknowledgement of like, you're right. And now that we're talking about it, I should have done things differently. It didn't feel that way in it, you know, and she had previously been so defensive and dismissive. I think it stoked my anger, you know? Mm. And for me, I think, you know, like I kept wanting to come and my mom, I have to give her a lot of credit. Like she's very open with me. There's a lot I can ask her about. There's a lot she'll discuss with me. She gives me so much latitude rather than telling me like, listen, I was doing the best I can fuck off. You know, like when I think about she was 44 when my dad died, three years older than I am now, I'm like, whoa, like how good a job could I do? I don't know. I'd make some mistakes. I'd probably fuck some kids up too. You know, it's helped me like therapy helped me learn how to extend that grace and empathy. And I think forgiveness to, to get it out of my bod without it constantly feeling like, I think it's like such a thing for me is has been feeling dismissed. So I finally was able to find some ways I think to see it and validate it myself to then forgive the other. You know, when I look at the context of my dad, he was born 1946. So he's very much a boomer. My grandfather was in the military. My grandmother walks out when my dad's seven. My father has a success, a succession of like kind of evil stepmothers. He's physically abused a lot of alcoholism in the house. He basically sort of runs away and goes to the Naval Academy to get out of the house. You know, like how is that person <laughs> going to be this incredible parent? You know, like yeah. not that that makes it okay, but I think sometimes too, like, I hate when people are like, they were doing the best they could. Like, I hate all those platitudes, but I think sometimes when you arrive at them for yourself in the context of the situation, you're like, if I really accept this person for who they were, then I have to forgive this. Like, there's no way that, per like, my dad would no role model of how to be a parent. My dad would no mental health, you know, focus or anything. Like, how's he going to do the work he needs to do how's that gonna happen you know like it's just not so sometimes too I would say what helps me with forgiveness what's helped me forgive my dad is also like context mm -hmm. and just thinking of it was the 80s it's a different time my dad was also like the sole breadwinner so he feels a lot of pressure to make money so I mean my dad probably to to work on his mental health and some of the stuff in the alcoholism would probably have needed to like go to rehab, like be somewhere for a while. He was pretty high flying at Arthur Anderson. Like that, that would have killed his career. Like I think as an adult too, I better understand it. Like he just didn't feel, I mean, he had a massive heart attack that destroyed 30% of his heart and went back to work in two weeks, which is insane. You know? Yeah. Like that's who you're dealing with. You know what I mean? That it's just like, I don't know. I think sometimes it's it doesn't make it okay. But sometimes for me, what helps me is if I really think about the person and don't personalize it, then I think that's a gift that therapy's given me. Like my dad failed me like by default, but mostly he failed himself. And I was a casualty of that. Right. Totally. 
I try to visualize people as children because really, yeah, that's interesting. It doesn't work for me. I've heard this. How does that help you? Because there's such an innocence there. And like, Mm. you know, I know that my dad was, my dad had a pretty good life, but at the same time, my grandfather, you know, escaped Czechoslovakia and was like really, really hard on him. And then, you know, just like, I don't, like you said, it was such a different time. And I think emotionally he was like, he is a very sensitive person. And there was, I don't think a lot of space for that, at least in, in, way certain ways and you know there's a bunch of stuff so but then part of me is also like it wasn't that bad which I can't say because I wasn't there and also though when I do see him as a kid I just feel like anybody really it's just like a I don't want to feel pity like that's a huge that's a huge thing I've had to get over with specifically with him because I I never used to be mad at my dad for years and years and years I was not mad I I pitied him. I was either protecting him or pitying him. And then I, and like, I just recently got to anger a couple of years ago. So one, once I got there, I was like, I'm going to hang out here for a little while because I feel like it took me a bit to get here and I'm pissed. I'm less angry now and more like, how do I just forgive like for real on all of these different levels so that I can move out of this place of holding and not my thing is like, if I don't, if I'm not forgiving someone or if I'm feeling like they've hurt me or I, you know, it's not about me being a victim. It's just like you said, I don't want to get hurt again. And so I protect myself. Like I think most of us do in my way is through being really cold and distant, which doesn't feel good for me because it's not my natural state of being. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, essentially you're just being defensive, you know, like whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally like, however that shakes out, it, but you're, yeah. but your, your reaction is to be defensive, which makes sense. I was thinking about that too, in terms of prepping for this episode, like, you know, for like, um, the relationship between like forgiving and like withholding. Mm, yeah. And I think like I'm big on that. <laughs> Yeah, but I think often, well, I've been thinking, I've been like reading all this stuff, watching all these documentaries, and I got to stop. I'm just having too many thoughts. And I keep feeling about like, I just, you know, like I'm a 19 year old in like a philosophy course. It's like, whoa, you know, and um, I've like gone home. I've like gone home for Christmas and I'm like, it's have you what like, I learned? Have you guys heard of feminism? It's told a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, I luckily I'm doing it mostly only in my own brain. I once, I once asked my mom and her friend there. about like a Simone de Beauvoir book and they were like, we've been to her house in Paris. I was like, Oh, I was just schooled. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I read her book ugh. in philosophy class. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, I read a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you know about that? <laughs> But I've been thinking about power and I've been, you know, like, and I read, I mean, at this point, Lord Cowboy Anna Fusca is going to like take out an order of protection because I talk about her so much and reference how much I love her work as much. But she was talking sort of like really about fear and like what are like kind of what is fear about? Like the fear of like giving too much or like being made a fool of. She was talking about in the context, I think of like dating and stuff and I think about forgiveness and withholding sort of similar uh, as like do like for me, like so often with my dad, it was like I wasn't allowed to sort of have feelings because it's like he had a bad childhood. He like so he's doing the best he can or he didn't have a role model. So it was like, I don't know about you, but like when I express upset about something, if someone immediately meets me with an excuse as to like why they're allowed to be that way, it makes me crazy. crazy and there's no space for for you know well there wasn't any space for for me and there still really isn't that much although there is more now these days especially with my dad my mom is is a harder nut to crack but and I think it's because she's just so scared to do something wrong that she just can't like I'm like I'm not saying you're about like every time I talk to my mom about something or I shouldn't say every time that's I don't like that 
often when I speak to my mom about something that has hurt me or is currently hurting me, she's like, well, I did the best I can. Like, sorry, you think I'm a bad mom. And I'm like, oh, that pattern of defensiveness makes me insane. My mom was like that for a long time it's too, really though, hard, but it, like, change is possible. Yeah, I, th- I hope so. It just shuts me immediately down. And I'm like, nobody, nobody's saying that. Like, I do understand that. And I'm starting to have more and more empathy for humans in general. Although I just think I don't like a, like most people. And I wonder how people like, you definitely don't. I know. I mean, like, wa- like this is why I'm the socially sluttier one of us. I really, you know? and I, and I don't <laughs> wish harm on them. I want to be no. clear. I'm not like, fuck you die, but no, there's no meaning behind it. I don't think it's like a judgment I just really on your don't part. don't like most people. I just don't. And I, and I'm like, is that, am I just, shitty like do I just know I I just think we just really are not I don't know I don't think it's a protective thing I really don't I just am not I'm not interested in like 90% of the population well I mean I equate it to because my mom and brother are a lot more like you of just like way more I think of it as just being like I don't know, like discerning or like, yeah. Or particular, like, yeah, I don't think there's like a judgment or a morality thing to it. I just think it's like, um, it's like chemistry, you know? Whereas like, I love how David Sedaris talks about like at his book signings or like he's, you know, when I saw him at King's theater, you know, he's like talking to the crowd as if he's talking to one person, you know, and he can kind of find anything interesting and like, I identify a little bit that way of like, you could be the most boring person in the world, but you might say something that delights my brain. You know, like I'm always open to that. Whereas you're like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, this person's been boring and therefore I am not interested. It's just like a different thing. I I think think it's totally chemistry, but it's also like, yeah, I think if I give, I think one of my fears or maybe it's not fears, but one of my hesitation is that part of my hesitation is that if I, engage with somebody with like the little energy that I have and like I'm setting myself up a little bit for failure and I also don't want to be judging people like this thing has been happening to me lately where people keep intentionally forgetting like who I am like the last week it happened again today and I was like is this because like you just don't like I don't want to be friends with you so like don't worry about that but is it because you like feel morally superior or just like you feel threatened. Like it's just so bizarre. And I find myself being so annoyed with like human behavior that I'm like, I don't want to like stack up a bunch of like shit I have to forget. Like I'd rather just not fucking engage with you to begin with. Well, I, I mean, I think you, I've said this to you before. I'll say it again. I think you give people a lot more credit than they deserve. Oh, thanks. I think that's nice. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you that I think you waste your own time and energy yes, like right. wondering mm-hmm. versus just going, they gave me information about them and it's not positive. I do. And that's it. I do. You know, I like, can't. I can't do that. How do you do that? I'm like, was it this? Was it that? Why? Why could it be? Like, why are humans? I think because I'm endlessly fascinated with human beings, which is why I do what I do. But I just, it's like, if, okay, so if you found out that their answer was like, I want to be your friend and like felt like you like rebuffed me once or something. So now I ignore you. Like, would it help? You know, you'd be like, what the fuck? Grow up. You know, like, I, I think that also helped me. Like my therapist would be like, well, say you did know, you know, like, cause I think for me with dating all the time, I would want to be like, I want to know why they don't want to go on a second date. Like I don't either, but why don't they want to go? And she's like, that information is not, it's not going to help you. Like it doesn't matter. It's not someone staying in your life. So it, it has no relevance to you. And I had to learn like listening to the haters or listening, like it just, it's never going to get you anything. But I, I don't, I don't know why I would love to know why as human beings we do, we do want to know, like, is it just our inherent curiosity? Yeah. Is it voyeurism? Is it insecurity? Like, is it the, the pursuit of perfection? We think of if we know, yes, you know, like it's 1000% definitely all of the above for me personally. And I think for a lot of people, but the perfection thing feels very, 
personal. <laughs> because well, this is where my inner snob comes out, where I'll be like, I wouldn't even care what your standards were anyway. So I, I value mine over yours. So like, even if I listened to your note, I don't think it would get me closer to perfection. No. <laughs> it's harder, like when it's someone I maybe admire or respect or, you know, like then it's harder for me to like do my, you know, dismissal protocol in my head. My dismissal protocol. So how important do you think processing anger is before forgiveness or can you do it at the same time? I think you can do it at the same time because I think it's necessary to feel the anger, to really acknowledge and name what the harm was, you know? But the problem is, is that anger can, it's as bad as anger feels. Anger also feels really good. It's empowering. You feel it's a, referred to as a secondary emotion because anger is often something is often covering up something else. So I think what we want to avoid is when we're staying in anger to mask other things we feel that would allow us to process the, the hurt, you know, anger is often sort of masking hurt, yeah, sadness, totally. you know, and none of us want to feel that. You know, like even if you're the most emo of emoist babies, like we, we don't really want to feel it. So we use all this other shit that makes us feel better or more empowered or stronger. And anger is something like that, you know, like, oh, my God, I used to like love the thrill of getting really riled up about something and feeling like I could go into battle, you know, because it's like you feel so strong, you know. And so I think some of the stuff where we felt really disempowered, disregarded, dismissed, you know, like I think like that's when we stay in the anger and the withholding because we think it's going to give that back to us you know like that's going to make us feel more powerful like that's going to make us feel you know like I'm not going to get hurt in this way again because like you know I've, I've got this anger now to protect me and it's like ugh, I just I don't think it works no way. and it really 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 stops us from you know, being in relationship with other people and, and ourselves in a way that we're truly always being called to do. Like opening, you know, our hearts is not easy. It's always a risk, no matter what. Yeah. And, but we have to, you, there's so many people that I talk to and I know you do too, that are like, I want this, I want that, but like, don't really necessarily want to put themselves out there or are, you know, kind of looping on something and we've all done it or not forgiving someone from your past or not forgiving yourself, right? A huge part, piece of this is forgiveness, self-forgiveness. Yeah. And that was really hard for me for a long time is, and I think it is for most people to be like, you know what? I'm not perfect. I can't be perfect. So what are the things that I need to forgive myself for? There was a moment the other day where and I came home and Way's the only person I'll be like, oh my, you probably too. I'm like, oh God, was this bad? Did I, was that, that bad? I saw this woman and she, we were talking about the studio that I used to work for. And I was like, I don't fuck with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and Way was like, well, you might, like, maybe you didn't need to say that. And I'm like, is that mean? Like, I honestly didn't know. Like, didn't feel mean. It didn't feel nice, but I was just like, I don't want to be associated with them. They're like anti-vax wackadoodles. And I'm just like, no, I don't like fuck with them. But then I really felt like bad about it. And I had to number one, forgive myself because I don't want to gossip and I don't want to be someone who talks negatively, especially in like, I live in a fucking small town. Like I don't want that drama yeah. and I don't want it even if I lived in a big city again, but I messaged the woman and I was like, Hey, I I'm sure like you didn't think anything of it, but I just wanted to let you know, like, I don't have any ill feelings. I just don't want to be associated. And I wanted to just kind of clear up, like, I'm not, I don't want to speak negatively about them or anybody, mm. but I just felt like I really had to do that because I, and, and forgive myself in the process because it didn't feel nice. Yeah, I think self-forgiveness is is really hard. I think I think forgiving 
yourself. I mean, it's possible. I had to really learn that first it, it, when I when I think about it, because I I mean, I'm not going to lie in any kind of way. I feel very new to forgiveness. I don't really think I was making any kind of practice of it until probably like 10 years ago, you know, like maybe here or there or begrudgingly. I was like giving some forgiveness. I also like I like for me, like things I don't how am I trying to articulate this? I don't always feel like I have a say, <laughs> you know, where it's like, you can do all the things you can do all the steps. And you're like, if I ask, you know, myself in my heart of hearts, have I forgiven this? I'm like, no, not I'm still mad, you know, or like, <laughs> totally not I'm, yet, bitch. Not yet, bitch. You know? And like, I, and I, I wonder sometimes like, you know, I'm so tired of people saying practice, but is that the practice? Yes. Do we have to return to the practice of forgiving? But I think we process. Like, it's a process. It's not linear. It's a process. It's a practice. It's, you know. The seven steps I, of forgiveness. What are I they? Think, Go ahead. <laughs> I think for, it's like, I'll get riled up about something or I keep confusing the pandemic with wasting my life. So as I start to fall asleep at, like, at, at night sometimes, or I've been having this cool thing in the morning when my anxiety will spike. And when I start to rustle and baby Anna flutters her eyes and my anxiety is like, good, her defenses are down. Let's make her question every decision of her life. Yeah, It doesn't happen to me so much at night. So it's been happening in the morning and I was talking to my therapist and I was like, is everybody wondering if they've wasted their lives? Like, is that a pandemic thing? And she was like, chill question. And yes, like a lot of people, like a lot of us are having a hard time, like not thinking we were just like on walkabout for two years, you know, that we act like we're having a hard time sort of like sorting all of that out, you know, and I'll get really riled up and be like, why did I change my career then? Or why did I do that? Or I, I chose poorly. I chose this and I should have chosen that, you know, like I'll do all of that. And I'm like, what good is any of this right now? Like, how does any of this help you, you know? And the only thing I can really glean from it is like, you have to forgive yourself in order to figure out like, what does this mean? So what do you want now? When I went to Delphi, I had to do a forgiveness exercise and we had to go around to every single person and say like, I forgive you. And then like they forgave us. And at first I was like, I roll, whatevs. I haven't harmed these people. I'm good. You know, I went into it very arrogant, very hot, was like, I'll be through everybody in two minutes. Like, I'm going to like crush this forgiveness. Nope, nope, was incredibly difficult and triggering. <laughs> was very difficult, was really, really humbling and powerful. And it showed me that so much of my resistance to forgiving others is really about forgiving myself that I have a real fear of like, if you forgive, then it's going to like all fall to shit. You know, like if you forgive yourself, well, then you're like never going to wake up and you're just going to watch Netflix and eat candy all day or something. Like, I'm just, I just think I'm going to like lose all control maybe or something. I don't know that I, or become like incredibly complacent. There's something about forgiveness and complacency for me that, those wires are crossed. But a big thing at Delphi was they really reinforced to us because I was doing the in-depth channeling program. So it, it wasn't a forgiveness program, but it was about uh, channeling. And they're, they're a big thing they kept reinforcing to us. It was like, if you had known better, you would have done better. If you had known better, you would have decided better. You know, like in terms of not always thinking you know, not always looking back in a way. And this way of sort of, I think that's when I also started to forgive a lot and to be like finding a different way of that, you know, they were doing the best they can. That's not helpful. But I do think like 
I do trust if my dad had known that at 41, I'm still struggling with things he did when I was eight, I think he would have made different decisions. Yeah, I think that most people, given the opportunity and space, would not do harm, you know, actively and knowingly. So I do think there that's part of having empathy and understanding that, you know, everyone, like you said, it's so cliche and annoying, but like everyone's doing the best that they can for the most part. Some people are just straight up like shit, but there are actually seven steps according to wherever this article is from. What is this article from? I have to find it what the name is because I'm just looking at a piece of paper, but step one, acknowledge the hurt often difficult. Yeah. Consider, consider how the hurt and pain has affected you. Accept that you can't change the past. Big one. Determine whether or not you will forgive because, and I love that actually when I looked, when I was looking up forgiveness and, and stuff, it was like, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. And mm. yeah. And I agree. So do I. It is a choice. And it's a choice you have to keep making over and fucking over and fucking over again. That's empowering and also annoying because nobody, (laughs) (laughs) because 99.9% of the forgiveness we give is going to come without an apology. So yeah, you, we have to, you know, really put ourselves in a position of, okay, do I want to carry this with me? forever? Do I want to look at the world through this lens? I think that's a huge part of it for me is like, I forgive human beings in general because I don't want to see the world the way I see it when I don't forgive people. When I go out angry or when I'm like really sad about just the decisions that people make and, and I see it with Milo, like just as such a little boy, when he sees something on a movie or, when he finds out like today we were watching lady and the tramp old school and he's like, there was a part where the they're taking one of the dogs in the pound, kill them. And he's like, where are they taking him? And I was like, they're taking him to kill him. And he's like, well, and his whole face was just like, why would somebody do that? And he's like, why? And that's how I feel on a daily basis. And I think most people who are empathetic feel that way. Like what, why, why are we making these choices? Why are horrible, why horrible things keep happening? Why, 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 why? And I have to decide moment to moment if I want to see the world that way and just constantly be bogged down with wondering why people make awful decisions or hurt people or not necessarily forgiving, but on trying to move toward that so I can like breathe and enjoy some of my life and not just be in the shit all the time. So after determine it's repair, learn, and then last step is forgive. Repair, I think, is mm. is a difficult one because that is when you need the other party. Yeah. Well, I think ideally you have the other party, but repair is something I've been really thinking about a lot because I've been thinking about how little it was modeled for me. And it's something I've really had to learn as an adult, how to repair things, you know, like repair after fracture, you know, and I think repairing can also like, I think you can do it on your, your own. I would, I think I've done a lot to repair my relationship with my dad, like on my own, you know, it, it can be done. But if you, I think most of us, like it didn't even occur to me until a couple months ago, how little, how little repair had been modeled for me, how little of it I've seen 
you know, or experience like you and I have talked about in several friendships where we've been like, Hey, this didn't feel so good. And they were like, bye-bye forever. You know, <laughs> like you, you know, like you do need, I guess it's like you need repair to maybe stay in relationship with people. Like, but I don't know that you have to have the other person, but like repair in general, I feel like we should talk about it at some point because I just, I didn't, it, it like, I feel like often like with things that are big realizations, it like sounds so silly when you say it out loud, but it's like really not until a couple months ago that I was like, oh yeah, I don't really know how to repair stuff or really know how that works because I've experienced so little of it, you know? Yeah. And I agree. I don't think you always need the other person, but ideally you have them or have some sort of and you can, you can, I don't know if you do talk to your dad, but like, I imagine yeah, I do. you do sometimes. Yeah. I go in and out of it, to be honest. Yeah. I think that, you know, repair is, is for, is for us. Like, obviously it's everything that, we, yeah. and I don't mean then like this, it can't all be for selfish reasons, but I do think that we there has to be a, like a, a motivation to forgive right and I think often yeah. people don't forgive others because they don't really truly sit with like do do they feel like they not like are worth feeling better but I but do they think it's possible to feel better I think a lot of people just think yeah. that this is the way it is, you know, that's how most people operate. Like it is what it is. This is the way life goes and this is how I'm going to feel. And, and it doesn't have yeah. to be like that. Like you don't or, have to carry on the way you always have, or, you know, you can like, just because I've been historically triggered and anger is like the first emotion I reach for or I'm comfortable with doesn't mean that like, that's who I am. It's just something that I've, you know, done and something that I've reached for because it's comfortable or feels comfortable. But like, yeah, when I forgive myself for being an absolute fucking lunatic at points in my life, like out of control, I can see something deeper where it's like, you're sad and you felt abandoned and you felt confused and scared. And like anger was a way to feel like you were protecting yourself. Well, the, yeah, well, it's the age old, like how you felt was valid, but what you were doing with it was not, you know, like you weren't entitled to be wild, you know, No, I was like, not. it's, it's that age old, like, I'm going to empathize with myself because I get why you were doing it, but what you were doing wasn't the coolest. Like, that's where I think the forgiveness has to come in the self-forgiveness has to come in I think also too repair can look different you know like it doesn't have to be you know like brokering a peace treaty it can be like giving yourself distance you know it can be allowing your your reaction and being like you know what for me able me to be able to repair this relationship with you like I need this space from you, you know, and those sort of things as well. I think repair, like, I think we get shown so few examples of these things or successful examples that it's like we all sometimes get hung up on it being done like as if we were in a textbook, you know, like I will say this, they will say that. And like that was a successful forgiveness. And it's like, I don't know that you have to, be as strict or literal or we don't have to be as strict or literal with ourselves that sometimes it's like I think for me I ask myself sometimes with my own anger am I really angry or am I using this to stay in something you know am I using this to feed narratives am I really angry at that friend or am I angry that her action you know, touched on something else that historically is not the easiest for me, mm -hmm. you know, like, what am I actually mad about that? That helps me as well sometimes. And I can go like, oh, it would be really tempting, you know, like oh, to use this flaking on me to fuel my abandonment stuff and no one shows up for me and I'm going to disappoint. Or I can just remember that this person's life is really crazy right now. And this fell through the cracks, you know, like it can be so tempting to feed those old narratives, but like 
that's what I start to feel now as an adult more and more suffocated by. It's like you're in your 20s and 30s. I think feeding those stories feels good in, in like a, I don't know, it's like when you're using a Q-tip in your ear and it, you like get that spot where you're like, Oh, I feel so good. You know, like it's not really like it's, but, but it is, you know, it's like feeding those stories of like men leave and da, 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 like, it feels so good. Cause I think you're trying to make sense of the world. So collecting this data feels reassuring. Like I'm creating this accurate picture. And then you realize like, Mm, it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. You know, like I have agency and choice, even though I'm forgetting that I'm also engaging with these people because it's familiar to me. Like I also have my own stuff. That's really rude. The whole point is, is they're bad, you know? And then you start realizing like, oh, like seeking out all this data, seeking out all these experiences that just feeds these stories, like doesn't feel good. You know, it was interesting to hear what the physical effects of long-term lack of forgiveness and chronic anger is because I could totally see that, you know, like I could see how that would become corrosive in your body. And I think we're all, I think a lot about bitterness right now because I feel like as a 40 something year old woman in New York I'm on the threshold of bitterness of deciding like you know like do you want to be bitter or not and I don't because I think when you're bitter you descend into like a well that is unreachable like no one wants to be around anyone who's bitter, no. regardless of how like justified your bitter bitterness is and I think that that's something I started to feel about some of my anger we're Regardless of how justified it is, it doesn't feel good in your body. It doesn't feel good when you make choices from that place, you know? So it's interesting to hear that it has like literal, they've literally seen a correlation between that and physical effects. Yes. So in closing, I would offer do it if you choose to forgive or maybe asking ourselves, like, first of all, we feel we need to forgive or we want to forgive, not need out of like some obligation, but who's sitting with us and we don't, that we don't want. Right. But also calling back our energy is something I talk about a lot and is so important, not in a way of like, you have to match that person, whatever, if they're not thinking of you, you don't need to think about them. But I can guarantee that most of the people that we're holding on to are not spending that much time or energy on us. And so it would benefit us greatly to pull that away from that person. And even if that's like, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to think about them so much. I'm going to try not to assign so much power and influence to this situation or this person. I'm going to set them free so that I can feel a little bit less weighed down. And that has to happen, I think, bit by bit, depending on how much, you know, how like egregious the offense. However, sometimes people do little shit that really sticks in and like pokes at something that is old. And then it's really easy to project a lot of that onto that person. And, and like you said, feed the narrative. So I would just, I like to write things down or talk, talk things out often. I don't have a lot of time to write things down and focus that way, but I'd like to talk it out. Like, what is making me sad about this? Am I angry? Why am I angry? And also, like, can I release some of it and how? You know, for we all have different ways of letting go, but it doesn't happen in one fell swoop. It, it has to happen piece by piece. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. You know, like, I think sometimes if you, you're like, I am making the choice to forgive this person. Like it, it doesn't happen by magic. It doesn't happen overnight. So if you still feel some feelings, I think it's like, you know, real life meditation where you have to keep leading yourself back to, I am making the choice to do this and, and, and see what that looks like. Like for me, something I try to do that I find helpful when I don't know whether or not I'm ready to forgive or I'm not sure where I'm at is I task myself to really, really try to show up and interact with the person in the present and 
try to almost act like it's the first time I'm meeting them or whatever. And that helps me sometimes figure out like what I need, you know, like, do I need to forgive? Do I need to, you know, reset boundaries? Sometimes if I'll just be like, I'm not going to feed the past or I'm not going to keep coming back to that thing they did, you know, 15 years ago, I'm going to like try today, you know, just to be interact and show up in the present with them. And sometimes that helps me get clarity that helps me figure out what I need to do next. Love that. Well, thanks for, thanks for hanging with us guys. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus.